0: So today's reading is from John 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So over the last few weeks, we've been exploring uh, our text for 2022, which is from Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, uh, where Jesus simply said, come, follow me. And we've had a look at it uh, in various ways, but in particular, looking at what does it look like to follow Jesus at the beginning, that first call to follow Jesus and the excitement of that beginning time. And then what does it look like in the struggle in the middle? Uh, As we sort of wrestle with our lives, with what's happening in our lives, the challenges we face, the decisions we have to make, where does following Jesus fit into all of those things as life changes? And that middle section, if say you were a follower of Jesus sort of as a kid into your teenage years, that middle section is probably the longest, isn't it? It could go from like when you're 20 to when you're four, uh, 60 maybe, you know, when when life sort of grabs hold of you and, and drags you along. So some of you are in that place, but of course struggles can last longer than that, um, and, and for some of us, uh, we face those same struggles as well. But that's sort of like the bulk. How do we follow Jesus in that bulk time, that middle period of our lives? But today, I want us to think about the end of our lives, if that's okay. The potential of the end. What does it look like to follow Jesus as we get closer to the end? Now, if you're young here today, don't switch off because the end will come. Welcome to church. It's all good news here, isn't it? Uh, The end will come. And uh, no matter if you've just started following Jesus or you're in the struggle in the middle, there will be a time when the end is going to come. And I want us just to explore what, are, what happens about following Jesus as we move towards the end? The potential of the end, that's why I've called it, the potential of the end, because I think the end part of our lives could be the most exciting part of following Jesus. The fulfillment, the culmination of all that time when we've been following him, suddenly comes to that sort of key point in our lives, the dare I say it, the most important time of our lives? Of course, when Jesus said these words to people throughout his life here on earth, people had different responses to it. Some were inspired to follow him straight away. That's Peter's story. That's the story of the followers of Jesus, those early followers. They were inspired to follow him straight away as soon as he said those words, follow me. But it's also clear, of course, that in the middle, in the struggle, some of them walked away. And we looked at that last week, how in John chapter 6, John says many of his followers walked away from him because it just got too hard. The teaching he was offering was too hard for them at that particular time in their lives. They couldn't reconcile what Jesus was asking of them with how their lives were panning out at that time. And so they just walked away from him. That was the struggle in the middle. And then, of course, towards the end of Jesus' life, he was actually condemned to death. For inviting people to follow him. That was the trouble that many people just couldn't see that actually Jesus was who he said he was. That he was the way, he was the truth, he was the life. And so they condemned him to death in the end. They failed to fulfill that potential in the middle, uh, at the end. But what we know of Jesus and we see this clearly from Philippians chapter 2 where Paul articulates this great ancient Christian hymn about who Jesus is. In Philippians 2 he says about Jesus, he made himself nothing taking the very nature of the servant, humbling himself. He didn't grasp all of that, he let go of it. He let go of everything in order to fulfill the mission that the father had given for him to do. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, we see that Jesus was obedient to death, even death on the cross. His life began by coming down out of heaven, by giving up all of heaven, all but love, as Charles Wesley wrote. He had this incredible struggle in his own life in Gethsemane when he was struggling with, should I do what the Father wants me to do or not? And then, of course, in that very famous uh, verse, he says, but not my will, but your will be done. There were struggles for Jesus in the middle. But here at the end of the life of Jesus, suddenly the full potential of, of his commitment to follow becomes very clear. He was obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so I want us to think about that sort of end point in our lives as well. I'm sure when we started following Jesus, it, we weren't particularly thinking of how it was all going to end. But as you get older, then I guess you begin to think about that. I was thinking the other day, I wonder at what point in your life do you start thinking about death? When does it really impinge on on your life? And I don't know the answer to it. I was just interested in the question. (laughs) When do you start thinking about how is this going to end? For Peter, of course, he got up and followed immediately. He clearly struggled in the middle to the point of, of... denying Jesus that he'd even know him he followed the Bible says at a safe distance after Jesus had been arrested it was a safe distance to follow but it wasn't secure and then in our reading that we've just had now we begin to see that Peter's beginning to understand the potential of the end what following Jesus means now for the rest of his life We saw that in the life of Nicodemus as well. If you follow the life of Nicodemus through uh, John's gospel, you'll see how Nicodemus in John chapter 3 was very curious about who Jesus was right at the beginning. You'll see a little bit later in the story that he was a little unsure, and although he stood up for Jesus in the council, he wasn't quite sure whether Jesus was who he thought he was. But then we see at the end of life that... (laughs) That Nicodemus carried the spices to go and embalm the body of Jesus in the tomb that Jesus had been laid in. In fact, he took enough spices to to embalm a king. And here, Nicodemus suddenly realizing, actually, Jesus, he is the king. He'd come through the struggle towards that place at the end. And as we look at these three phases, if you like, these three stages of what it looks like to follow Jesus, of being a disciple, I wonder where you think you are at the moment. Are you still in that phase of the sort of excitement of beginning to follow Jesus? Are you, are you feeling the struggle in this middle, the struggle to, 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 to follow Jesus as you'd like to or as you think you should do and life is impinging on you? Or maybe you are feeling that you're at the final stage. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but the final stage could last 30 years. But maybe you feel that maybe there's more to come. Maybe there's a potential still in my life as I seek to follow Jesus. And I think this is the continuing challenge that it's good for us to think about and confront. What does it look like for me to follow Jesus in the end stage of my life? And I think it does carry the biggest potential to impact the lives of other people as we move from giving our lives away to understanding how to give our deaths away instead. Paul says there are three things in life. There is faith, hope and love. Faith, that beginning point where faith is set on fire and we begin that journey. Hope, yeah, maybe we've had to hold on to hope in the struggle in the middle. And we've clung hold of it, unsure about whether following Jesus is the right thing or not, or how can we in this moment, but we've clung hold to hope. But I think that this end part of our life is all about love. Paul did say it was the greatest of these. And I think love is probably what what reveals itself even greater in that potential at the end. The potential to love God with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our heart, with all our strength, because now we sort of understand what that takes. The potential to love our neighbour as we love ourselves, as Jesus told us to, invited us to, commanded us to. And the trickiest one of all, To love our enemies, which is the sort of love that Jesus revealed to us and invites us to reveal in our lives as well. To love like that is going to take a lifetime, isn't it? It's going to take a lifetime of practice, it's going to take a lifetime of following the example of love himself, Jesus. But here is how the end can become the reality of what following him was all about in the first place. And this idea of love, it, it, it didn't come from evolution. This idea of love didn't come from politics and neither should we expect it to. It doesn't come from Eastern religion. It doesn't come from Greek philosophers. This idea of love comes from Jesus of Nazareth. And that's what he invites each of us to in our journey, whether at the beginning, in the middle, or especially At the end. When you look at the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It isn't a surprise is it. That love should be the one thing. That he invites us to. We've seen it in his life. We've heard it in his words. He's asking it of us. In our lives as well. And here in the encounter. With Peter after the resurrection. That Marianna read to us earlier. In John chapter 21. I think we see. We see what Jesus is asking, not only of Peter, but of us as well. I think as as those three statements came from Jesus, those three questions came from Jesus, I think Peter's mind would have gone back to where it all started. The first one, Peter, do you love me? That was the first question Peter would have heard as Jesus invited him to follow him he was fishing and Jesus said follow me and Peter got up at once left his nets and started to follow Peter do you love me like you did right at the very beginning Peter do you love me like you did in the struggle that you had in the middle do you love me like that follow me and then here's the third one and it's coming to the crunch now Because Peter, do you love me now? Do you love me now as you've moved from that place of struggle to this next stage of what it looks like to follow me as you move towards the end? And notice in our reading that Jesus then told Peter what his end was going to be. Did you notice that? He told him what his death was going to be. (laughs) Doesn't happen to many, I'm guessing, but Peter, he now knew what was going to happen to him. He was going to have to stretch out his hands. I mean, I think that was like a a glimpse that Peter was going to head towards crucifixion as well, which church history says he was crucified. Upside down, dare I say. Peter, will you still follow me, knowing that this is going to be your end? What does following him look like in those moments? Well, Peter was prepared to say again, you know I love you. And Jesus said to him, the final words, follow me. Not the follow me of beginning, not the follow me of the middle, but the follow me of the end. Peter, are you going to follow me to the end? That's what I'm looking for. And that's the exciting possibilities in your life right now. Dare you risk it? There you take up the challenge to follow me, knowing what you know now into your future that I've just told you is going to lead to this sort of death. Well, Peter stood before the resurrected Jesus now. And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. Committing himself to this next and final phase of what it would look like. Jesus speaks so personally to Peter. The intimacy of that encounter, I know we only have the words, we don't have the the film to go with it, but the words alone show us the intimacy of those moments. And Peter, when you're older, as you approach your death, follow me. Let's see what your life could still become as you continue to. This journey. And what a journey. I mean the good thing is we've got, we know a little bit about what happened to Peter next in this final stage of following. We, we read Acts of the Apostles and we see Peter, the one who was bold enough to stand up and preached that sermon of all sermons and 3,000 people, at least 3,000 came to be baptized that day. We see as we trace Peter's journey through, through the early church, we see the potential beginning to be realized and then when we read his letters in the New Testament as well, we see the joy and the fervor that he had to, so that others would continue to follow Jesus as well. It seems like the potential of Peter's end was realized and that resonates through still to today that as a result of his life and his death we still find the encouragement as he gave his life away to following Jesus at that point as well the impact of a life that is following Jesus resonates far beyond a death it continues to send ripples into the lives of people who are yet to come the writer Ronald Rolheiser he says this, he says this, this is the place and time for radical discipleship, this end. This is the place and time for radical discipleship, not only in how we continue to live and serve in the final stage of our lives, but by, by becoming obedient to death to give our deaths away. For Paul as well, Paul had this understanding of what giving his death away, the impact that that was going to have. If you have a look in Philippians and chapter 1, you'll you'll see how Paul wrestled with this staying and going, should I stay or should I go? Is there a song there? Should we sing it? But it was this wrestle and Paul, if you have a look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20, he, he says this, Uh, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. You see, there was this acceptance that whether he was living or dying, what was most important to him was to proclaim Jesus, that he would be an example all the way through to the end. Verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Wow, that's an incredible statement to make. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Whether by life or by death, May I have sufficient courage so that Jesus Christ is exalted. That is my potential in this moment. He feels a necessity to remain so that he can fulfill that potential to the end as well. And if he remains, that's what he's going to do. He's going to keep on following Jesus and do what the call is upon his life. I want to to depart, he says. You know, the word that's used for depart... It sort of means to fold up his tent. And if you know if Paul was a, a tent maker, it was a really appropriate uh, word to, to give out. You know, I'm going to fold up my tent. I, I want to depart, but I'm going to see this through. I'm going to see this through to the end, wherever that is, to fulfill that potential. And read Paul, you'll know that that's exactly what he did. Read his letters, read Acts, all the journeys he took. He saw it through. The potential was fulfilled. I wonder if you've seen that potential fulfilled in a follower of Jesus that you know. Or that you knew. Perhaps there's somebody who comes to mind in your, throughout your life and you think they, they fulfilled that potential in their lives as well. That in their life and in their death you've seen something of Jesus You've seen what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in their lives as well. And their example still challenges you and inspires you still. I, I knew a lady in the first church I was a part of. I was only mid-twenties. Goodness me, that was a long time ago. lady called Sadie. I think I might have spoken about her before. She lived in a place called Wide Open uh, in the other Newcastle, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, the, the other one, the cold one. Um, her name was Sadie. I think, I don't know. She, was, she must have been in her 80s when, when I knew her. And, and she was like, I don't know, just... She, she was your favorite grandma, and she was also an amazing follower of Jesus. And she didn't, she didn't achieve much in her life. She had an outdoor toilet still and a, and a larder. Who has a larder? I, I mean, the, sorry, I mean L-A-R-D-E-R, not L A D A. She didn't drive. She was spinster, a spinster as well. She'd been following Jesus all her life. And you just saw in this woman just this serenity, this passion for Jesus. She was just continuing to follow him all the days of her life. That was the potential of an ending. (laughs) Someone who'd resolved when Jesus invited her to follow, who said, I'm going to keep following him no matter what. And she had some struggles in her life as well. You may have had the privilege of being with somebody, uh, a follower of Jesus, when they actually died, maybe. Someone you, you loved and, or cared about, a member of your family. And if you have, you, you may have experienced those moments of peace, those moments of acceptance and not of anger. You, you, you may have experienced them saying to you, you know, I'm ready to go to be with Jesus. And then after their funeral, their story continues to roll on. It, it's like their, their life hasn't ended with their final breath. Their life has continued to impact other people's lives. And, and maybe you've had that experience with somebody. There's a lady at my last church called Pat who I visited you know, in the last few hours of her life. And you sit at her bedside and it's like you're overwhelmed by the love of Jesus that she has in her life. And She was a beautiful woman alive and she was beautiful in these moments as well. As a generous hearted, big hearted follower of Jesus who was just keen that the message continued. That her life resonated on and on in the lives of those who were to follow I guess we may have also met people whose lives are punctuated by anger and bitterness and resentment as well. But those who fulfill the potential for the end just radiate this love of Jesus. And it continues to reach out, this legacy that goes on and on as we remember them and as we reflect that same love. In John chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus says this, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Who would have wanted Jesus to go? Who would have wanted Jesus to die after such a short time of following him? It doesn't make sense, does it? But the gain from his life continues to ripple into our lives today. Because for the joy set before him, the writer of Hebrews says, he endured the cross. And that joy was you and me. That's the joy that was before him. That was the potential that was about to be unleashed through the cross. For the joy set before him of knowing that there would be those who would be responding to his love and to his invitation to follow in the years to come. The potential of the end, to still follow Jesus. So wherever you're at today, I urge you to continue to follow him. That's his invitation. And you might wonder, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes, but will you follow me? Yeah, but Lord, you know that I love you. Yeah, but will you follow me? Lord, you know that I love you. Well, then follow me. And let's follow all the way to the end and fulfill the potential that is wrapped up in your life to proclaim his name, to continue to love with his love as well. This is what I know and I want you to know as well. That Jesus will always show you the way forward. He's the light of the world. He's the light of the world. That Jesus has gone ahead of you as well. He's gone ahead of you, so don't, no need to fear. He said to his disciples in John 13, you'll follow later, but I'm going ahead of you. But keep following. And the great news, the gospel news, is that Jesus redefines our death. He redefines our future as we keep following him. So Jesus says to you again, follow me. That's his call, a call to begin the journey, a call to hang on with hope in the, middle, the struggle in the middle and a call to fulfill the potential of the end as well. So even if you feel you're at the beginning, get up and follow him. That's all he's asking. If you feel like you're in the struggle in the middle, just hold fast. Hold fast to him. He'll see you through. And if you feel like you're sort of moved into that end, no matter how many years ahead, remember God hasn't finished with you yet, has he? He's not finished with you yet. In fact, the best may still yet to become, do you think? The best may yet be to come. It's not too soon to start and it's not too late to start again. So hear his word, come and follow me and he'll walk with you every step of the way as well. Shall we pray together? Let's pray God's blessing on his word to us today that we would hand over our lives to him and give him the very best because he gave his best to us as well. Jesus, we thank you for your call to follow us follow you. We remember when it started on our particular journeys. We remember when we got up and followed you. And we pause to remember that you have been with us every step of the way. I pray for any who are just struggling in this middle place at the moment. struggling perhaps to maintain faith in you and confidence in you but also just wrestling with some of the challenges that life is throwing at them at the moment maybe in relationships or at work finances perhaps struggling with any addictions that are seeking to grab hold of and, and distract us and I pray that they would find hope as you invite them again to follow you even in that struggle. And I pray for all of us as we continue this journey that we'll hear your call again to follow you. At whatever stage of life we're at or if we feel that God has finished with us that we'll know that his call is still to follow and that our lives will impact the lives of others as we love You, Father, with all our heart and mind and soul and strength, that as we love our neighbours with your love flowing from us and as we love our enemies as well during this time, may love be the legacy that we leave, your love flowing into us through your spirit, flowing out to us into the lives of others. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray, pour out your love into our hearts as we give ourselves to you again have your way in our lives.